0: Thanks very much for coming in, Kyle. Uh, I guess, you know, the School of Critical Arts, some people might be aware of it, some people are probably not aware of it at all, not even aware of the concept of it. Can I just start by getting you to tell listeners a little bit about the School of Critical Arts? What is it uh, and, you know, why why did it come about?
1: Uh, So it was between a a few of us at the number of universities here, a lot of postgraduate students and a few academics, who uh, I found that increasingly difficult to talk about the critical arts in university, just lack of funding, cutting of resources, courses, all of this sort of stuff. And, I mean, we've seen this around the world more generally and in Australia particularly, but we just wanted to start up this school, this small independent school, which looks at the critical arts uh, across a range of different disciplines from philosophy, the practical arts, visual arts, and um, critical theory, of sociology, legal theory, and a few other things, um, just because, yeah, we don't see a huge focus on these disciplines at the universities anymore. There's a lot of precedence taken over other um, other disciplines, and so we still find it incredibly important to focus upon critical thinking skills, on critical arts, on critique, whether it's a politics, society, uh, and more broadly. So, yeah, we wanted to, to start up a small school to, to sort of push these sort of disciplines that aren't so prominent. Uh, perhaps in universities today,
0: and that's so true, isn't it? That universities very much have changed over the years. I mean, I, I sort of you know look at the the uni that I'm at at the moment, and it seems to be very much uh, privatised and more about what you know what's yeah, what's yeah. profitable. And there's yeah. a lot of funding in in engineering and in in business, but yeah. uh, less so in um in you know in critical theory and you know, perhaps the history of universities was more a place you go to study for the sake of studying and to gain knowledge and insight and to therefore, you know, contribute to your community through that. Is that yeah. something you found in your own experience that universities are becoming, I guess, more and more these neoliberal institutions that care less about the, you know, the sort of the, 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 the I guess, thinking for thinking's sake and, uh, you know, particularly more mm. radical thinking um, and, and more about just, you know, getting profits in. And Is, is that yeah. sort of... Part of
1: it, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's this particular ideology that plays out, and I mean, I've been at university now for maybe 10, 11 years, and even within that span of time, I've seen it sort of ramp up, and it's obviously been going on for a lot, lot longer than that. Um, this kind of neoliberal ideology that creeps up through where education's seen more as just qualifications for vocational work later on rather than actual education itself, critical thinking itself, to be you know, a responsible citizen engaged within a particular society. You know, we live in a democracy, so we all need to be educated in order to be able to participate within that democracy to understand what's going on around in the world around us. But, and universities are meant to be that institution which uh, we gain this kind of education and just become better or just sort of more you know, well-rounded people through, through critical education. Um, but, yeah, I think but we, we've seen that less and less through the neoliberalisation of the universities where it's more about money, it's more about bums on seats, it's more about popular courses that give you the supposed skills or the tools to be able to get a job, whether it's in uh, engineering, teaching, management, uh, all, all of these sort of areas, which are incredibly important, but when you lose the critique side of it and all you have is just sort of the... Uh, handing out of information in order to be an effective uh, kind of worker contributing to the overall economy of the country, then I think it becomes a bit problematic when the institutions that are there for education become subsumed further into the vocational mindset. Totally. And I I guess another question is the, the lack of
0: access to university. You know, we now have uh, some universities you know reserve a lot of places for full fee paying students uh, mm. you know there's, it's, it's just incredibly expensive and so I'd imagine for a lot of young people if they're going to university now they're really you know they might be interested in philosophy or in you uh, Queer theory or gender studies, but you know they've got perhaps family or, fr- or or you know their parents saying, well, look, you got one one shot at going to university, uh, do something that's going to get you a job, uh, mm. and is that part of the school of critical arts? Because you know you don't have to be you, anyone can enrol in the courses. You don't have to be yeah. someone that's a you know university student. And, you know, I guess it's quite accessible. Um, is that is yeah. that a huge huge part of it as well Is just providing, you know, I guess not necessarily free, but cheap, cheaper access to these theories and to these discussions?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So there's no prior qualifications needed, no prior education needed to, to take these courses. Um, there will be, you know, some difficult readings. There will be readings that need to be undertaken each week. You will have to engage in the courses in that way. Um, but there's no formal education or anything required. Um, and yeah, we do have free spots available for the classes too. So being a non-for-profit, um, we we do rely heavily on the money coming in for the classes themselves so that we can continue to run them and pay the lecturers and um, uh, pay the coordinators, the people running the school. But for sure, for those people who can't afford to pay for the classes, um, for whatever reason we have, yeah, we have free spots available for them. Awesome. No.
0: I mean, years ago, I remember seeing uh, in, uh, I think it was in in Spain, there was a couple of sort of squatted universities there and sort of open universities and these uh, projects that took place in them. Perhaps more common in in uh, Europe, but there are you know open universities uh, in Australia and elsewhere elsewhere around the world. Mm. Is is there any sort of plans for that in the future? I mean, uh, you know, the idea of setting up an entirely <laughs> alternate you know, uh, university might be a bit grandiose at the moment, but are there plans to sort of expand? I mean, I know, know you've got a lot of courses coming up uh, this round, whereas last year there was there was fewer. So obviously, it's getting more popular, there's more people getting involved. Yeah. But are there you know are there sort of you know pipe dreams to to try and set up a bit of an alternative open university one day? <laughs> Or something like that. Uh, or...
1: Yeah, we we had discussed this when we um, first had meetings a, around the school itself and what we wanted to to kind of do with the school. Uh, I think if we did move into that sort of territory, it would be a long a long way off. Yeah. Be huge work trying to get accreditation and and all of that sort of thing. For now, it's just a very small school located in Perth. Um, we do have some teachers from Melbourne. I think this year, um, or actually, we did. Yeah, we may have some more coming up but um uh yeah but for the most part it's just a local sort of Perth only school um just very small classes uh nine ten eleven students mm-hmm. in each class just sort of to bring it back to the sort of face-to-face learning that was the other thing we really wanted to focus on with this school too i think um not so much pitted as like i know we've talked about the neoliberalization of the university and that kind of thing not to pit it so much as like an alternative to the university but something that we feel is lacking or missing in the university there's still a lot of good that goes in the universities there's a lot of good teachers there that still do promote um, this kind of critical education um, but and and so we sort of want to work together with that sort of aspect of the university to sort of offer some things that, that the universities or particularly teachers within the universities can't offer now for um, for various reasons, for contracts, uh, contract, you know, uh, workloads, underpay, or, or all of these kind of things. We sort of wanted to offer that experience for students who had come up through university, perhaps done a few units uh, in philosophy or political science or sociology or the arts, and sort of wanted to do some more of that um, and can't really do it in the means within the university at the moment. Like, there just isn't any more on offer because because uh, there's a strain on resources and teachers and that. So yeah, we, we wanted to sort of offer what, what universities more traditionally had done. And and just create that space to
0: have those discussions. And I imagine yeah, also in a, yeah. in a class of of ten people, there's a lot more opportunity to talk and discuss. Whereas you know, if you're mm, in a class mm, of thirty people, yeah. there, you know, I guess in in, in my experience of being yeah. in, in in classes and so forth, you can get a little bit lost or you're trying to fit you know, yeah, 30, try- thirty
1: people into three hours and get everyone yeah, exactly. to express themselves yeah. is pretty difficult. It's yeah, there's time constraints. It's hard. And the, and yeah, there's only so much the teachers can do in that sort of in sort of environment. So yeah, we really wanted to focus on the community and dialogue. First and foremost, that was critical discussion of ideas through uh, a small group of people so that you can get a lot more done in an hour or two. Awesome. So you've got a whole bunch of uh, courses coming up, uh, starting
0: around uh, June, uh, going all the mm. way through to December. Um, you know, I mean, you don't have to talk about all the all the courses coming up, but are there are a few things that stand out for you. And and you know, how do people, if they're interested in this, how do they, you know, how do they register? How do they get involved? And you know, what what what's what sort of plan for this year basically? And
1: yeah, so we've got an, uh, quite a few courses still to come up this year. I think uh, ten or eleven courses running every month. Um, by 10 or 11 in total with at least one course running every month. Um, so yeah, we've got three, three classes coming up next month, I believe beginning at the start of June, one on, um, legal theory and indigenous legal narratives within legal theory. Um, one on critical reading, which is just looking at critical reading skills, critical argumentation. Um, Particularly with the uptake of science and sort of politics today, and through social media and all the rest of it, um, and one on reimagining democracy, uh, which you yourself I understand have got a hand in.
0: I, I, hand I'm, in, I'm right doing it. a
1: lecture on that. I should give a full, <laughs> full disclosure that that I am, I am, you know, at least participating somewhat in it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, and we have a few more courses. Or um, for all the information, it's available online at Critical Arts. Dot or if you just Google School of Critical Arts, the um, the website will come up. We have Instagram and Facebook pages as well. Uh, but you can go through the website and that's where you can you can enrol for the courses. Um, yeah, all the information will be on there. The classes running out of the new Fremantle Library and the practical arts classes running out of